0: Turn your great idea into a reality with Squarespace. Whether showcasing your work, selling products, or launching your passion project, whatever you want to do, Squarespace makes it easy. You can easily make a beautiful website yourself, pick a template, customize just about anything, and if you get stuck, no worries. Squarespace has award-winning customer support around the clock, and they're there to help. Head to squarespace.com slash myths for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code myths to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Quick disclaimer, it's a grim story this week, so it's more gruesome than usual. I'll be kind of in a funny, over-the-top way. Probably okay for adults, but if you have young kids, you might want to check out the post on MythPodcast.com for more info. This week on Myths and Legends, it's a pretty off-the-wall story from the Grimm brothers. We'll meet a fearless protagonist and see how that's a massive problem and we'll learn all about bowling with human body parts and spooning ghosts for fun and profit. You do not want to high-five the creature this week because he has an eye in his hand, and he's very sensitive about that. This is Myths and Legends, episode 192, Brave Traveler. This is a podcast where I tell stories from mythology and folklore. Some are incredibly popular stories you'd think you know, but with surprising origins. Others are stories that might be new to you, but are definitely worth a listen. This week, we're back in the Grimm fairy tales. Stories collected by the Grimm brothers in 1800s Germany. And to jump right in, a normal Miller has two sons. And one simple request... The older brother looked out on the darkness. He shuddered when he thought about the churchyard. The cold, decomposing dead underneath the ground. Could he wait until morning? His dad rolled his eyes. (sighs) Sure, whatever. When dad left, the younger brother turned to the older. What was that? The older brother cocked his head. The the churchyard? It was a place where people were buried and... No, 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 no. He knew what the churchyard was, he said. What was that thing his brother did when he spoke of it? Like that weird, tiny shake. The older brother said that it was a shudder. He he shuddered. It was out of fear, he said, his head dropping. Whoa. Yeah. The younger brother said that sometimes when people were telling stories around the fire, they said stuff like, oh, that story makes me shudder. He had never felt that. What was that like? The older brother rolled his eyes. All right, tough guy. The older brother knew that it was a little embarrassing for him to be scared of the churchyard. But the younger brother didn't have to rub it in. The younger brother's eyes widened. Teach me. Teach me to shudder with fear. Like you. The older brother wrenched his hand away from the younger. Ugh, This was getting old. He was going to bed. But the younger brother was being honest. He had never shuddered with fear before. He had never even once felt fear in his life. It was decided. He would learn to shudder. Uh, why don't you get a job instead? The father said at breakfast the next morning. After the younger brother's big announcement that he was going to make his way in the world by learning to shudder. He had refused to learn a trade, like any of the trades. But now he wanted to shudder? Was that it? The father sighed. Where did he go wrong? But. New project in mind, the second son was undeterred. He was going to learn fear. The young son tried everything. He wandered into the dark forest at night. He paid a guy to jump out and try to stab him throughout the day. He laid in a whole pile of spiders. Nothing. The spiders tickled a little bit, and he almost killed the knife guy with his reaction. But that was it. Yeah, this this isn't a real problem, the older brother said. But the younger brother was insistent. By not being able to shudder, by not ever experiencing fear, he was missing out on a vital part of the human experience. The older brother sighed. Seriously, stop worrying about fear and human experience and just get a job. Well, well, I'm not really worried, as worried would imply fear. It's more just FOMO, the younger brother said. Do people still say FOMO? Brother? But the older brother had gone. He had work to do was afraid of what would happen if he just stopped going. Of course, the younger brother had no idea what that was like. I'll show him fear, the sexton, the church groundskeeper, told the father the next day over drinks. Would you? the father asked. He's got this stupid idea in his head that he's got to learn to shudder with fear. Like, he got into a relationship to see if he feared intimacy or commitment. He didn't. So he broke up with her to see if he feared losing her. He also didn't. Meanwhile, I have to sit here and listen to this. You think I care about any of this? I don't, but it's all he talks about. The sexton smiled. Send the kid his way tonight. He'd show the young man the true meaning of fear. The father took another swig. Thanks. Also? That sounded cool. You've been working on your scary voice again? I have, the sexton beamed. Thank you for noticing. Hey, wake up. The sexton growled at the youngest son. The young man sat up in bed. What was it now? The youngest son had been living with the sexton for three days helping him tend to the churchyards, learning how to ring the bell and so on. I need you to ring the bell, the sexton told the man. The young man looked outside. It was midnight. Why was he ringing the bell at midnight? Wouldn't that just wake everyone up and make the whole village angry? He asked. But the sexton had already gone. The young son groaned and rose. As he climbed the stairs of the church tower, the young man smelled something and rushed to the top. There, at the top of the tower, standing among the smoke, was a figure in white. He was bloodstained, standing in the haze, a lantern projecting his shape up, making him three times larger. It was a ghost, a specter from hell itself. It was... Trespassing. You're trespassing, the youth said, rubbing the sleep from his eyes. Seriously, buddy, you, you can't be here. Answer me or get out. When the specter didn't move, the younger son rubbed his eyes. Oh my gosh, he just wanted to get back to bed. All right, last warning. Get out or I'll throw you down the stairs. The sexton, underneath the ghost costume, laughed to himself. The kid couldn't possibly mean that. The sexton knew that he looked super spooky. But with a groan, the youngest son passed through the smoke gripped the ghost by his shirt, and tossed him down the stairs of the tower. The young man rang the bell for the village to hear it at midnight for some reason, stepped over the form of the ghost at the bottom of the tower, and went back to bed. He woke late the next morning, and it wasn't the sexton who woke him, but the man's wife. Hey, her husband didn't get to work this morning. He didn't even come to bed. He said something about going out last night to mess with the young man or something. Did the kid know anything about that? (laughs) The young man smiled. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Turns out he did. By the morning, the sexton had regained consciousness and tried to drag himself from the tower, but both of his legs were broken. The kid was kicked out of the sexton's residence at the churchyard, and the youth wasn't even mad. It was a boring job that got him no closer to learning what fear was but he would also get no help at home. His father was done. Just done. Time for the medieval parent escape hatch. He had told his son that it had been fun, but it was time for them to part ways. It's not me, it's you. This was a big day. He was sending his son off to make his way in the world. And he held the young man's hand. He just had one thing to ask of his boy. Realizing that this was a momentous event in his life, The boy nodded. Yeah, dad. The father said that if anyone asked where he came from, who his family was, the young son nodded. Lie. Don't mention my name, ever. I am super ashamed of you. And that's a barely paraphrased version of the actual text. The son became indignant. He would show the old man. He would go forth into this world, and he would learn to shudder with fear. Why? Why are you fixated on that? The father didn't understand. That's not a thing. Dreams, I get. Vocations, sure. I'd support you no matter what. But this weird obsession with learning how to be afraid and then acting like you're going to show me by learning fear, it's just, it's so stupid. The young man rose. So his goals were stupid then? The father nodded. Yes. Was he not paying attention to anything the father just said? The son growled, fine, he was leaving. The father, wide-eyed, said once again, they talked about all that. That's exactly what he wanted his son to do now. Good, the son spat and stormed out. Yeah, it, it is good. Okay, bye, the father called after his son, never to see the young man again. if only I could shudder, if only I could shudder, the young man cried aloud on the road for five hours straight. I heard you, uh, you want to shudder, the man asked. Smiling as he looked the mark, I mean, young man up and down, the young man narrowed his eyes. How did you know that, he asked, hoarse from screaming that he wanted to shudder. The man shrugged, just a feeling. He could make this young man shudder but it would cost him. How much money did the kid have in that jangling little purse of his? The young man said 50 coins. His father had given it to him to make his way in the world. The stranger smiled. Oh, you're that son. Well, the kid was in luck. The stranger's fee was 50 coins. Not far from here. On a tree, seven men got married to the rope maker's daughter and now they're learning how to fly if you get my drift. The kid nodded. Oh, he got it. The rope maker's polygamous daughter was using her magic to teach her new husbands how to fly. The stranger grinned. You got, wait, really? It was a euphem. You know what? Never mind. It was almost dark. Just go sit under the tree, build a fire, and then look up. You'll learn to shudder. And I'll be waiting for you in the forest to collect my fee. Oh, and the tree is, like, rectangular and long. You really can't miss it. The boy nodded. Finally, he was going to learn how to be afraid. The stranger was the one who learned fear, when not having the boy running defenselessly through the forest at night, he arrived at the obvious gallows the next morning where seven men had been hanged after being convicted of crimes. He found the young man rehanging the bodies back up except that they were now burned. The stranger was horrified as the youth recounted the night. He said he got there, looked up and there were feet on his face. The maker's sons-in-law were so cold and someone had tied them to the tree. It was probably just part of their training, right? can't have them going off into the sky on their first flying lesson. So he untied them all and set them by the fire. And they all caught fire in the night. So help him retie the men before the rope maker's daughter gets back. He wasn't afraid, but it would really mess with his plans to be turned into a, like a frog or whatever. The stranger, shuddering himself at the young man struggling under the burned, very dead bodies, shook his head and bolted. Thankfully, the young man got the husband's back up onto the rectangular tree before the rope maker's daughter returned. Whew. He was back on the road before noon. He was a bit more subtle this time, going from screaming that he wanted to know fear and shudder to muttering. Soon, a cart driver rolled up next to the young man. His name was Generic Medieval Cart Driver. What was the young man's name? The young man opened his mouth, but then remembered his father's exhortation. My name? The young man replied, I don't know. Uh, okay, and who is your father? Oh, I definitely don't know that. Hmm, sure. What are you muttering to yourself? The youth told the cart driver all about wanting to learn what fear was, and how he had been sent from his home, and he had this money, and the man nodded. Hop on. He could stay with the man for the night. to pay the young man asked when they came to the inn the cart driver was also the innkeeper and yeah that's how inns work he was welcome to walk somewhere else that night through the dark forest the youth looked out eh not worth the hassle he put some money down on the table and waited for dinner as the fire crackled and the young man finished up spending half of his inheritance in one night he overheard a conversation one that was about him Well, if he really wants to learn what fear is, how to shudder, uh, that would be a good opportunity for him, the youth heard, and shot up. He barged into the conversation. That was why he had left his home. That was how he was going to make his way in the world, by the one skill he didn't have, shuddering. The people said that, yeah, that still didn't make sense, Uh, but if he really wanted to learn fear, the king had something, but the young man wouldn't be interested in that. The young man said that he just spent the night with a bunch of very unsociable, stinky campers who may or may not have been on fire. He was up for anything. The innkeeper said that it was to marry the princess, but really, it was a fool's errand. Then I'm the perfect man for the job, the young man boomed. That not sounding nearly as cool as he thought. The innkeeper said that it was a haunted castle near the capital. If someone kept watch there for three nights, they could marry the princess. But it was guarded by... Evil spirits, or something. Many had entered. No one had left. I still don't understand why he doesn't just send an army in there to clean the place out if he wants the castle so badly, the wife said. The husband shrugged. Probably cheaper and easier to just have some nobody do it. That way you can weed out the overly ambitious and brave members of the peasant class. And if someone succeeds, great, you have a new castle. And you can probably just use any level of royal trickery to get out of the marriage. Really, it's just a terrible idea for. Anyone to do. And what's the address? The young man asked, taking a pen. Ha, he was just kidding. He couldn't read. Did you not hear anything we just said? The innkeeper asked. Uh, a surefire method of social mobility in a period of world history where that was virtually non-existent? The young man said. The innkeeping couple was silent. And I want to learn fear, so I can make my way in the world by shuddering. Where better than a haunted castle that the best in the kingdom can't master. The innkeeper turned to his wife. See, this is what he was talking about, weeding out the excessively brave or ambitious in the peasant class. The next morning, the young son left for the kingdom, and in due time, he arrived at the court of the king. The king looked the miller's boy up and down. He wanted to do the haunted castle? The youth nodded. Yes. He wanted to learn to shudder with fear, so he could make his way in the world. The king cocked an eyebrow. That's still not a thing, but whatever. As part of the deal, he got to ask the king for three items that weren't alive for his watch. I would like a fire, a lathe, and a woodcarver's bench with a knife, the young man asked. The king nodded, oddly specific, but okay. Most people ask for like a sword or armor or something, but sure, yeah, wood carving starter kit. The king, he didn't even see the need to write this kid's name down. It wouldn't matter beyond today anyway. The youngest son approached the haunted castle which was very on-brand for a haunted castle. Dark, dilapidated, foreboding. But all those characteristics were completely lost on the youth. He just thought the place was kind of dumpy and could probably stand to be flipped. He sighed. He hoped he would learn mortal fear, but he probably wouldn't even learn to shudder here either. He was doomed to be fearless his entire life. we'll see what happens on his first night in the haunted castle, but that will be right after this. Ah, oh, meow, we're really cold, the young man heard a couple hours later. He had built a fire in the great room of the castle with the flint and wood that the king had given him and was just hanging out waiting for something to happen. Then, out of the shadows, walked two black cats. It said that they were large cats. Not sure if it was cat large, like 20 pounds, or if they were tigers or something. I tend to go with cat large because of what happened next. The young man looked at the, uh, obvious demonic cats. Ooh, scary. He told them they could come sit by the fire if they were so cold. He knew they were just fishing for an invitation. The cats padded up and sat on either side of the young man. The cat stretched out, and they turned to the young man, their eyes seemingly glowing. Would you like to play a game? They said in unison. The one on the right proposed cards. The youth sighed, sure, whatever. Wait, demons, cards? Let me take a look at your paws. The cats stretched out their paws unsheathing their impossibly sharp claws. Hmm, the youth said. Yeah, those could do with the trim. The cats, whose whole talking cat murderous card game thing had worked on others, were surprised when the young man picked them up by the scruff of their necks. This is how I know the young man is fearless. Our cats are big, like 15 pounds, and they are super docile, not murderous demon cats at all, and I still don't like cutting their nails. The giant demon cat squirmed until the young man locked them in a vice on the woodcarver's bench. The youth went to work trimming their nails while the evil spirit screamed threats at him, and once that was done, he just killed them, which leads me to question, why cut their nails in the first place? This is the first time reading the story that I start to think that there's something going on with this kid you can write off some of the earlier instances as him just not being that bright. Like the ghost in the bell tower and the people at the gallows, which, yeah, the gallows thing is weird, but you know who can just push someone down the stairs and walk over their twitching body and go to bed? Or carefully trim cats' nails before killing them without feeling a thing? Yeah, psychopaths. And before you say, well, people in the Middle Ages had a general hatred of cats up until the Black Death, well, How about all those puppies that then charged into the room? I mean, okay, they weren't puppies, but from all around, the youth heard dogs barking and cats howling, and they filled the room, just as he had time to grab the knife off his table. The animals, all wearing chains that glowed like they were red hot, made for the fire in the fireplace, trying to destroy it and claw it out of the room. We don't need to go into a lot of detail for this scene. It said that he killed a lot of them, and then a lot of them ran away. After he finished tossing some of the bodies of the dogs and cats into the moat outside, he returned to the great room and blew on the embers of his fire, reigniting it. When it blazed to life again, he noticed something. Huh. He wondered how long that had been there. In the corner of the great room was a bed. Cool. He was sleepy after all that pet murder. He jumped in, And it took off. I'm honestly not sure what the end game for the bed was on this one. Make sure the sleeper had an awesome, thrilling time, because the bed rushed off through the castle, like it was being pulled by six horses, in what I'm pretty sure is a ride at Disney World. Being taken through the castle, the youth actually did start to fall asleep. He mumbled that it would be nice if things went a little bit faster, and so it did. The bed careened through the castle, in a way that's more Space Mountain than Haunted Mansion, but still, the kid wasn't really feeling it. Finally, the, I guess, possessed bed stopped, and not knowing what else to do, flipped over on the youth and tried to smother him. The kid just climbed out from under the bed, and the bed, face down with its legs up in the air, was immobilized. The youth tried to wrench a blanket from it, but it wouldn't give it up. So he went back to the main room, and curled up among the dog and cat corpses to go to sleep. With the light of the morning starting to filter in through the dusty windows, the youth heard a scream. He unstuck his face from the stone floor and rolled over to see the king. Oh, hey there. You come yourself to see the people that stay in the haunted castle? Well, uh, the king said he came to see the corpses, but yeah. What, uh, what happened here last night? The youth gestured to the room full of dog and cat corpses, and the bed that was still trying to flip itself over. He had killed a bunch of dogs and cats, and then went on a third-rate roller coaster ride through the castle. Yikes, that's dark, the king noted. The youth shrugged, I mean... These are the grim fairy tales. Bluebeard, the robber bridegroom, the kids who played at slaughter. The king stopped him. He hadn't heard that last one. The youth smiled. Oh, he should hear it. It's this awesome story where two brothers see their father slaughtering a pig. So the oldest gets a knife and sees if his younger brother wants to play a game. Neither of them really expecting what will happen when the older brother imitates what he saw his father doing to the pig. The younger brother, bleeding, screams. The mother, who's giving the baby a bath, hears the scream, and rushes to the middle child with enough time for the boy to die in her arms. In a rage, she takes the knife from the middle child's throat and stabs the oldest, killing him. When her rage subsides, she realizes that she left the baby in the bath, and she, too, was gone. The mother couldn't bear it, and the father returned that afternoon to find her hanging. Having to bury his entire family, the man died from sadness. The end. Wow! And we tell that to kids? That's just... <sighs> the king said, shuddering. The youth saw the king shudder and pursed his lips. Man, living the dream. The youth said, yeah, that's a story for children. A cautionary tale about not stabbing your siblings in the neck. I guess because some people needed to hear that. Well, that's a terrible way to start the day. We'll have all these dogs and cats cleaned up for you and get that bed flipped back over, the king said, grimacing at the room. It would probably be better if you didn't flip that bed over, the youth observed. The next morning, the king walked in. Sure, the kid had beaten the previous record and survived one night in the castle, but two? Better than even his best soldiers? Unlikely. This time, he didn't see the crumpled form of the kid in a pool of blood but the kid sprawled out by the smoldering embers, snoring. The king turned to his herald and nodded. The man blew his trumpet and the youth shut up. What? He was up. The king asked the youth if he had learned fear yet, but the young man shook his head. How? He actually had a great time last night. Oh, and the king will want to watch his step there. There are some scraps of human head and skull on the ground. That night, the young man had been sitting up by the fire, "'on his bench, when the sparks and soot "'exploded outward into the room. "'When they cleared, there, in the fire, was a man. "'Well, half a man. "'Half a man who was crawling from the embers for the youth, "'pulling his body that had been torn apart at the waist, "'groaning like a zombie, and... "'There's only half of you,' the kid noted. "'The hideous half-corpse stopped. "'Yeah, that's... that's the point.' It's very scary to have half a corpse fall down your chimney and then crawl across the floor, growling at you. Yeah, you're missing your bottom half. Right there, the kid said, pointing at the monster. Y- yeah, I know, that's the point. Stop focusing on the bottom half. I'm a reanimated corpse coming at you, the corpse snarled. Mm, I don't know, the young man said and rose, walking slowly but still faster than the crawling half-corpse could move. After half a lap around the room, there was a thud in the chimney, and the corpse broke away. There they are, the young man yelled when he saw the ragged corpse legs hit the flames. The top half crawled over and placed itself on the bottom half, but the youth's eyes widened. (gasps) No! He rushed over, but it was too late. That's my seat, he said, pushing the corpse, but the monster wouldn't budge. The monster just sat there and shook his head. He didn't see the youth's name on it. They jostled, each pushing with their hips to claim enough of the chair by the fire, but neither had one when the fireplace sparked anew. It wasn't long before four more corpses stood in front of them. The first corpse rose and the youth slid in the chair. He's still here? One of the corpses asked. The first one pursed what was left of his lips and shrugged. Yeah, the lead corpse nodded. All right, all right, time to lay it on. Mortal, tonight you'll have to watch as we specters from the world beyond bowl with human remains, the corpses said, presenting nine human bones and a few severed heads. The youth was one step ahead of them. Yeah, yes, obviously. What else was he going to do all night? One thing, though, the balls, they didn't look like they would roll straight. Here, he'd help the corpses out. He took his lathe to the skulls, slicing off face and making them round enough to bowl with. The corpses looked at each other. Seriously? Ew. They feigned some toothless smiles when the youth rolled ahead down the room, missing the arms and legs that they had propped up as bowling pins. The youth turned to the corpses. They were obviously going to do some sort of haunted bowling. Did they mind if he joined in? They looked at each other. That wasn't really something they did, though the people were usually gone by now. Want to make it interesting? The youth asked, jingling the rest of the cash his father had given him. Corpses looked at each other, remembering just how wide the youth had missed last time. You know what? Sure. So I lost a bunch of money, but I didn't learn to shudder, the youth said to the king. The king feigned a smile almost as poorly as the corpses and then he ordered the youth's lathe to be cleaned up, and got out of that room as quickly as possible. The next and final night, the youth sat up staring at the fire. He had turned his moaning about wanting to learn how to shudder into a song. It wasn't good. The song was interrupted by a stomping at the door, It was six ghouls shouldering a casket. Ah, this must be my young cousin that was taken from us a few years ago. The youth bellowed, clapping. The ghouls looked at each other. This wasn't the kid's cousin, right? They didn't tailor it like that. After getting some nasty glances from the other ghouls to stay in character, the creatures placed the casket on the floor and left. The youth, of course, popped open the casket and... Seeing a large middle-aged man lying there, said that he was so happy to see his young cousin again, but, oh, he was so cold. Here, come to the fire. He dragged the body of the person who was very much not his cousin to the fire, but that didn't do it. He thought, hmm. He had heard of people lying in bed together to warm up. Let's try that. A while later, the corpse began to move again when he was properly warmed up. Little cousin, you're awake the youth cried. The large, middle-aged man was just as shocked as his victims usually were. I'm going to strangle you, the dead man yelled. The youth took that as his cue to get the not fully mobile corpse back into the box, and while sitting on the box, as the corpse pounded on it from the inside, the youth waited for the pallbearers, who arrived not long after to collect their friend and probably go out for drinks or something after work. They were surprised to find the kids still alive and their friend angry, but their job wasn't to ask questions. They were ghoulish pallbearers, so they ghoulishly pallbeared their friend on out of there. It was nearly midnight when he appeared. A monster, nearly as tall as the room itself, with eyes like fire and a long white beard that trailed on the floor. He said that this had gone on long enough. There will be no cats, no bowling, no weird spooning with corpses. He was here to kill the young man and put an end to this nonsense. The young man would learn what it meant to feel fear as he gasped his final breaths. "Uh, Sure, if you can, the young man said. The monster paused. I'm a monster the size of this room. I can. "Mm, I bet I'm stronger than you, the youth said, looking the man up and down. The monster said that no, that's no... He was a monster from the depths of the underworld. He was the demon that terrorized this castle. One that brought a king to heal. So, the main takeaway here was that the youth wasn't as strong as him. And now he was going to die. The youth looked around. To all the invisible spirits that surely watched this interaction. Well, it it was cool if the monster was scared and wanted to kill the youth quickly. Because he knew the young man was stronger. Totally fine. Let's, Let's do it. Let's get it going. The monster... Paused, also looking around the room. He wasn't scared. He was stronger, obviously. But to prove it, he would let the youth compete in one task. If the youth failed, he would die. If he was stronger than the monster, which he wasn't, he was just a kid while the monster was a monster, then the kid could go free. Deal? One walked through the dank, subterranean passageways with countless eyes watching them from the darkness, and the youth and monster now stood before an anvil, and an axe in the long, dormant forge. The monster picked up an axe and brought it down hard on the anvil, cutting it in half like butter. He handed the youth the axe. If the youth could do better, he could go free. The young man inspected the anvils. Yeah, okay. He raised the axe above his head and turned. If you're thinking that he somehow killed the monster with the axe, he didn't. Don't worry. He did, however catch the monster's beard with the axe, pinning it against the floor. The monster laughed, miss, he tugged at his beard. Welp, looks like as soon as he got his beard free, the youth was a dead man. Then, he saw the youth approaching him with an iron rod. The youth beat the monster for the better part of an hour, stopping not out of mercy or pity, but because his arms were getting tired. In fact, the monster had been begging him to stop for over 15 minutes, but he just kept at it. Finally having an opportunity to get a word in, the monster said, ''Gold, there was gold. Please, please just stop.'' The youth stopped, but he didn't free the monster. He waited to hear about the three chests of gold deeper in the dungeon. One for the poor, one for the king, and one for the man, or teenager, who freed the castle by not having a problem killing cats and dogs, shaving a human head, and spooning a corpse. The evil spirits in the castle, seeing the young man who, I mean, they were demons, but wow, he was a bit much for even them, finally left the place. And as the sun rose, the king, cautious yet hopeful, found the youth sitting on the chest of gold in the great room. He looked at the gold and at the youth. He did it. The young man did it. He took the youth into his arms and said that today was a glorious day. They got the castle back. There was so much gold here, and the king had finally found a worthy husband for his daughter. Congratulations. The youth had made it. He was a rich, renowned warrior who was marrying the beautiful princess and was next in line for the throne. So why did he look like that? The youth sighed. That was everyone else's dream, but it wasn't his. He wanted to shudder with fear. He realized now that he would never get that. So he would settle for a life of riches, renown, power, and happiness. Ugh. The youth became prince that day. Married the princess, lived in the castle, was next in line for the throne. So he groaned daily at his silver medal life. His wife, the princess, got sick of it every day with this. Oh, I wish I could shudder. It was the first thing he said in the morning and the last thing he said at night, and in between, he said it about 3,000 more times. When he started saying it in his sleep, though, the princess knew she had enough. He wanted to shudder? Oh, she would make him shudder. It was the next night, while the now prince youth laid in bed, wailing in his sleep about not being able to shudder, that his wife changed his life forever. Outside of the castle, a stream ran cool and pure. She simply went out in the night, when it would be the coldest, scooped up a bucket full of cold water and a non-trivial amount of minnows, and found her husband in bed. She pulled back the covers, lifted up his shirt, and tossed the cold water in. He woke with a start and looked around the room. Then he realized something. He woke with a start. Oh, but there was more. Oh yeah, he started to feel it. That deep ugh oh, trembling. It was horrible. The cold, the slimy wriggling of dozens of minnows against his skin. He shook, he he trembled, he he shuddered. Yes. And so, the princess and the psychopath lived happily ever after. I'll admit, I think it's a bit of a cop-out to have him not truly shudder from fear in the end, but oh well. It's about the ride, I guess. Next week, we're going to catch back up with the Monkey King from Chinese folklore, and we'll see what he's been up to for the last 500 years. I guess I'll tell you, it's nothing. He's been doing nothing. He's been imprisoned under a mountain, but all that's about to change. If you'd like to support the show, there's still a membership on the site at support.mythpodcast.com, where there's over 50 episodes waiting on the member feed for you, and ad-free episodes every week. And there's a store, where we sell t-shirts, posters, stickers, handmade items. You can find that at mythpodcast.com slash store. Really, just thanks so much for listening and telling people about the show. We really appreciate it. The creature this week is the tenomi, from Japanese folklore. The tenomi means eyes for hands, or eyes on hands, and that's pretty self-explanatory. He has eyes on his hands. In some places, that's really the only difference between him and a normal human. He can blend into society, and might pass you without you ever knowing that the scowling old man was someone who had eyes on his hands. That, or he can slurp your bones through a wall. I found another source, which said that it's a restless spirit of a blind traveler that was murdered by bandits who, when he was lying in the field, dying yelled that he wished he could see their faces, even if that meant having eyes on his hands. There's one story of a young man, who wanted to test his courage, and take a look at the monster. It did not go well. The monster was impossibly fast and strong, and the young man took off, taking refuge in a temple. The priest there offered the man sanctuary, offering to let him hide in a chest, until the monster passed. The priest himself hid, and heard the sniffling of eyes for hands, as he searched the temple. He stopped next to the chest, and the priest heard a horrible slurping sound. After the creature left, the priest opened the chest to find a deboned human. Yeah, apparently the favorite meal of Eyes for Hands is human bones. Don't quite know how that fits with his blind traveler backstory. So, yes, either this monster is a harmless prankster who just wants to wave his hand eyes in your face, or he's going to chase you relentlessly and debone you. Fun times finding out which one is the actual version of this monster. That's it for this week. Myths and Legends is by Jason and Carissa Weiser. Our theme song is by the band Broke for Free, and the Creature of the Week music is by Steve Combs. There are links to even more music in the show notes. And I want to say thanks again to Simply Safe for sponsoring us this week. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home, with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. You can set it up yourself in under an hour, no technician required, and there's no contract. No pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, and no fine print. All this starts at $15 a month. Try Simply Safe today at simplysafe.com/legends. You get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. There is nothing to lose. Once again, that's simplysafe.com/legends. All right, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.